Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And I'm just Johnny. And you are listening to The Geek Down here on WMF Radio. Leaping forward bionically. Uh, uh, I don't see shoulder moving. What's going on, fellas? I told you so. Move again. Uh, you know what? Never mind. We'll mellow out because we have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Geek Down. I am Pat B. To the side of me, he's just an innocent pawn in the capitalist game. It's Black Adam Willis. This sounds like a nice, like, noir beginning for me. <laughs> How are you doing, Patrice? What's going on, my friend? I'm good, man. You know, good things are happening all around. I don't believe you. You don't believe me. Oh, I, will, <laughs> I don't believe a thing I will, I will change your mind and convert you, my friend, mm. when you hear what we have going on on the show. Okay. First, we have to introduce the technical man in the, in the corner there. He's our man in Havana. With a banana. Oh, I'm not touching that one. Yep. Talking, of course, about Just Johnny. Yep. This guy. And, of course, over there, the right hand of the devil himself, DJ Herbie Herb. Hell scene. <laughs> All right, and like I said, we have an awesome show for you. We have a review for the new movie with, um, well, with the new movie Good Time with Robert Pattinson. Am I mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. Edward also, we got some Wind River. We got Wind River. That's the movie we saw that okay. we'll be recovering as well. Now, Wind River is one I'm actually not familiar with. I saw Jeremy Renner uh-huh. in a cowboy hat. Yeah, and in the same poster for the same movie, I saw this dude in like a snowsuit and sniper rifle. Same guy. Same guy. Okay, so what? Uh, not his like twin an, brother either. Just same guy. All right, so. It's like it's like they remaking GI Joe with like a one man show. It's like he's Wild Bill and he's Snow Job. Yeah, I guess you have to be patient and find out. Hopefully, in blackface he'll be uh, he'll be Alpine. Don't and even Roblox. go there, bro. Don't even go there. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Not only that, dude, we have the Tekken comic. Uh, you, you heard me correct. Tekken, the video game series, has a comic. Now it's not the first one though. It also had a manga series. Um, this is an American comic based off of the games. It's heavily mired in the story. So if you're a fan of the games, you're gonna dig this one. And I'm gonna kick it over to just Johnny because man yeah you are jazzed and super excited from what i hear for stephen king's it it is something he's struggling <laughs> i'll put you on the spot i knew it hey, no, I knew choke. this movie made some money this week huh uh, i think dude. it broke uh september records for an r-rated movie absolutely like, or just a september busters. opening i don't even know if it's specifically r but it made like 123 million dollars mm-hmm. probably the best r-rated opening ever yeah I, Craziness. Heard, I heard they made it for like and i haven't checked the numbers on this so don't quote me but i heard it was for, made for like around 36 yeah, it wasn't uh, super expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there thirty six dollars even. So. Yeah, thirty six bucks. All, yeah, all on uh, white makeup. Everyone else like fan of themselves. Yeah, but they're not a lot of big stars, you know. You know, so they weren't like paying mm-hmm. you know Tom Cruise to do the thing or anything. So they 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 saved some money there. But it definitely well, looked like this kind of just a spooky thing based on a, a well known project. But well, this know, movie you know, is you know, definitely you know, taking off. It's getting like mixed reviews too. It's like some folks. So but mixed to good, mixed to positive reviews. Definitely, they're they're saying it's it's scary. And the word of mouth has been really good, so that is That's definitely awesome. why I think it's it's gotten here. Mm-hmm. Okay, now now real talk. Yo, we're getting some static on the thing here. Okay, now real talk. Question though, mm-hmm. um, would you want to see Tom Cruise in the vehicle like this? Tom Cruise. I don't. As, uh, like, probably not this. No. As it. Tom Cruise is it. That'd yeah, be sweet. Yes, I would watch that in a second. Tom Cruise is Pennywise. You jive, man. Really? <laughs> uh, okay. You know. No. I, I'd, I'd want to. You're saying like, you wouldn't be interested in that, dude? If Robin Williams was still alive, I would have liked to have seen him tackle, uh, tackle Pennywise. I would yeah. say Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Yeah. Mm. With what he did with the Joker, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like Jack Nicholson. With the Joker? With the Joker. <laughs> it, it, it's like the difference, right? Right. Jack Nicholson is to... Um, Heath Ledger? No, no, no. no. What? Uh, Paint Tim Curry as Heath Ledger would be to this uh, Bill, um... I don't know Bill if I'm Sox connected to this. Scars, Scars, Scarzy, Garzy. Yeah, no, okay, well, first of all, um, you, you're huffing glue over there. That's, that's, that's crazy. Talk. <laughs> and, no, no, I mean, I, it's, like, it's like, okay, so... I feel it would be too much the Joker, and what you're doing right there is you're typecasting Heath Ledger as clowns, mm. man. What's going on? I, I, am, I am not. I'm just saying. Next, you're gonna say in the remake of uh, Rob Zombie, he's gonna be in Rob Zombie's um, House of a Thousand Corpses three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. Oh, What's man. going on? Why not? Yeah, Rob Zombie not? should not be making any movies at Rob all. Zombie, I, I don't know his um his uh, what, what did he make Halloween? Yeah, yeah. I, that one was okay. I thought The Devil's Rejects. He made yeah, a bunch yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, you wonder yeah. why it was okay because he didn't write it. He didn't write it himself. Oh well, it's it's a remake. No, so. I, I, not the original story. I mean, <laughs> I mean that version though. Yeah, he didn't have to get creative with it. That's what I'm trying to say. He so a director to, like, is not creative. Sometimes Rob Zombie. 
I, I, he's just not a, uh, he's just not a filmmaker. All right, you know. Oh, okay. He's like he is not. Uh, just Johnny says by definition he, should, he, he is. He should stick to. He should stay in his lane. He said this man better know his role. All right, you say you better step down and pony up, son. Damn, Johnny, harsh words. Okay, I, I love you. I love Rob Zombie. Oh, sure, yeah, we, we know we can tell. <laughs> I got I got Rob Zombie albums. I got uh, White Zombie albums. Love it. I caught him back in Chicago last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of Rob Zombie, but he can't make movies. Oh, sure. Just Johnny on the back pedal. All right, so we have an awesome show. Like I said, Adam, I want you to jump into Good mm-hmm. Time, man. I got to get some of this goodness. Yeah, a good time, and not so aptly titled. Oh, really? Because there wasn't a lot of good times to be had. Wow, uh, dude. Oh, okay, so so I want to know how did Robert Pattinson it should portray be called, George like Jets, really disturbing uh, and depressing times. Oh, um, okay, but man. yeah, this movie uh, directed by uh, Ben and Josh Safdie. They directed a movie uh, a couple years ago called Heaven Knows What. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it oh, is a hyper realistic movie about uh, these New York uh, drug addicts, and it's basically them going from fix to fix and kind of trying to survive. In the city as a heroin addict, um, so this okay. Well, okay, so they're known for making light fare. Yes, so. it's very. It's like the one of those movies that you find like really affecting and and, and very good, but you're never gonna want want to watch again. Okay. So this, I wouldn't say is is similar to that, other than it's like the hyper realistic style in a very gritty New York City, um, and it follows two brothers uh, played by Robert Pattinson and one of the directors of the film, uh, Ben Safdie, and um, they. Are, um, they are they are European bank robbers. There. Well, not bank robbers. They rob a bank to get. They want sixty five thousand dollars, and they want that to go to I think uh, Virginia or something like that. And one of the brother is is mentally handicapped, and Robert Pattinson's taking him under his wing, and he wants to escape with him instead of having him go to an institution where he can get the actual help he needs. Okay, and now handicapped how like Down syndrome or like autism, like seriously mental. Well, mental like he's mentally like slow. Like, like I don't know exactly. They don't the, say he's specifically this or that, but he's definitely needs to be somewhere right. that he's not out on the run with his brother. Basically, right. context then is he is he Rain Man or is he Corky? I don't think he's either. I just think that ah, okay, he can't so. really he can't survive on his own. He doesn't have it basically, and he can't think abstractly. Okay, so you understand? is he is he Lenny? It's or not the point, evil? anyways. <laughs> okay, so he right. is. They rob this bank, and basically he gets caught. And so now his brother, Robert Pattinson, is just by himself. And all of a sudden, the plan changes from we're leaving together to go to Virginia. Now it's like I have to get him out of Rikers Island. Mm. And so he takes the money he does make from the robbery and goes to a bail bonds. And all of a sudden, he's short $10,000 to get him out. And so now the rest of the movie takes place. $10,000 short. Unless he went up there with like, you know, gave the dude a grape soda and pocket change. Well, he like, gave him the money out? he made and then some of it had like ink on it from the explosion. So he, so he needed $10,000 more to get him out of out of prison. So gotcha, now the gotcha. rest of the movie takes place in one night as he's trying to get this money and get his brother out. And now it's it's this super gritty, fast paced, like, uh, you know, thinking like trying to have these decisions in a split second, meeting all these characters and everything he does at the same time, like gets him out of a situation and again, gets him deeper in another one. And so he can't ever really get his footing and his brother is sitting in prison and he's obviously has this mental thing going on. So he's very worried for him, even though he's put his brother in that danger, he cares very deeply for him. You can sense that. It's more cerebral than I was getting from the, uh, from the trailer and from the initial descriptions because I just thought okay bank robbers screwing up and then all types of wackiness and but it is that it's it's gritty it's fast-paced it's but it's like it you see this guy like trying he's just he's he's not really he's kind of a dim bulb himself but he's he's you know Yes, he's trying to like get his brother out of there, and it's ill-guided, but he's doing the best he can, but like I said, he just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and he's bringing a lot of people down with him, and one of the joys of this movie is to see him just thrust in all these different situations with all these different characters that he meets along the way, Mm -hmm. and the way he's trying to guide himself through that, and there's just no light at the end of the tunnel, and it would be, you know, a crime for me to uh, release any more about some of the, the, the plot twists that happen, but this movie is really fast-paced, high energy, 
and it's 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 really fun. It's one of those kind of edge of your seat type things that you'll be really sucked into. And I really really enjoyed this movie. All right. And I really enjoyed. Question. Oh, what's up? I said I really enjoyed Robert Pattinson in this thing. Like I think since even with that blonde hair. Well, ever well he dyes his hair in the movie, and you'll you'll know why. But okay. ever since he made Twilight, all of a sudden he, he could have went down by the socials, wasn't he? Well, he could have went a bunch of different ways, and one of them could have been like the pretty boy rom com type guy. You know what I mean? Instead, he started making some really interesting movies with some serious directors like he did the movie the rover he did uh, cosmopolis he did maps to the stars he's doing stuff that kind of twists that like cute boy band type look that he has and trying to work and make actual art films that he cares about so i definitely like have kind of turned myself around on him and kind of re- definitely respect the path that he's chosen because he's made, like made some good Monsters movies ball then you know his uh his his breakout role is like a serious actor to like sh- to move away from that original image well, I don't know if this is the first one, but this is definitely the continuation of that process that I think he started with maybe Cosmopolis that he did with Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. He also worked with Cronenberg again, like I said, in Maps to the Stars and The Rover, which I thought was an excellent movie as well. Mm-hmm. So this is just like this the, the continual evolution of him as an actor, definitely taking more risks. I think Kristen Stewart, another one from Twilight, is taking serious risks as well. Like, you know, if you would have told me that when those movies were coming out, I'd have called you a liar. Everyone saw her as just like a, 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 an emo stick. Right. I think the same thing with Pattinson so he's definitely doing everything he can to break out of that and I think he's had some great success for it and this movie uh, it debuted at the Cannes Film Festival to a six uh, minute standing ovation so this is definitely yeah so this is definitely a a well uh, respected and highly regarded movie and I I really really enjoyed it and it has uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's in this thing too she kind of brings the uh, the the president I know know that name but I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank she's not from Freaks and Geeks right no she's from what's the last thing she did she did um, the hateful eight Hatefully. Oh, was she, she the um the uh, the uh, the prisoner? Yes. Gotcha. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. She's been around forever, but she's one of those like uh, child actors, older right? stars that she's also working in this cast along with Pattinson with a bunch of non-actors, mm-hmm. and so it's a really good mix of non-actors and established actors, and they definitely race each other's game in this, which I think is it's it's done really well. They're both bringing the best out of each other. Um, so it's it. I thought of the movie was great. Like I said, hyper realistic. It's it's one of the those movies that you're going to see maybe not want to watch again right away mm. but it's it's definitely a, a moving moving picture and it doesn't it doesn't cheat you in the end with some phoniness you know what i mean where it goes it's it's pretty dark and and you know realistic it's definitely a, a worth your watch for sure cool well you've obviously sold johnny He's riveted Obviously, over there. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, this guy. All right. The movie's called Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. uh, made by... Uh, Sad- ben and Josh Safdie. Safdie. Yes. S-A-F-D-I-E. Yes. All right. Apparently, uh, Adam Willis gives it his seal of approval. Mm-hmm. The black stamp. Stamp. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, now I'm, I'm going to get into a comic real quick because, dude, I got to read Tekken, mm-hmm. the comic, mm-hmm. and I'm a little I'm a little upset there wasn't like a colon or anything, any <laughs> subtitles or anything. It was just Tekken, and I'm like, okay, cool. Let me Google this. Yeah, no, cool, good. like you know, second mm-hmm. name, mm-hmm. and uh, all references lead back to Tekken, a manga that was released um, earlier, which is not this story. This I'm not not this, not to say this is a bad story. Just to break this down, this is the characters um, of the in the Tekken universe set after the events of uh, Tekken 7. So, which I'm unfamiliar with, by the way. Oh yeah, no, my, my my intimacy with the Tekken series, which I knew backwards and forwards, up until the storyline of Tekken 4. So five, I even have six. I had no idea what was going on because I didn't I didn't play five. You know, I I saw five in, in a couple arcades mm-hmm. and. Um, it was just like, oh wow, it's really flashy. There's some chick doing capoeira now. Uh, what happened, Eddie Gorgo? Where's Moku Jin? And I feel really out of wow. Look at the titties, you know. So it was, it was like, it was hard to focus on that sucker. That's how my brain and goes then, every day. Yeah. Well, apparently in six now they got this dude Lars, and he's got like uh, wings in his hair and stuff. It, it, I it's, am it's strange. This spider woman and thing, and, and it, it, the whole thing's gone quite off the rails. <laughs> yeah, this is the, I'm, I'm, mind you, I'm talking about a series that had a couple of actual dinosaurs. You could play still bears or regular characters. So, but no, I've I've all, I've loved the Tekken series for years, for nigh on twenty plus years now. Mm-hmm. And this latest install, this excuse me, this comic um, includes all the uh, like story from all the uh, previous games. So if you're familiar with them, uh, with the with the actual storylines, which I know you are, 
Yeah, total. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Where? I don't know. All right. All right. Well, Johnny, I know you got my back on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm familiar with the storylines as far as they are completely ridiculous and don't make any sense, just like the Street Fighter, you just know, like yeah, the yeah, Soul exactly, Calibur. Exactly. You say that almost mockingly, but find me a fighting game that has uh, legitimately uh, serious and, and non-ridiculous, followable, uh, real-world storylines. And I'll show, show, show you a fighting Kombat. game. Bull Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat actually has a decent... Somewhat, you know, it makes sense. Apparently, it's you simple. missed the word realistic in all that. What? It doesn't need to. It's realistic within the world that they the set up, right? right? And Mortal Kombat does not make sense. Okay, well, we got Outworld and we're trying to take over. <laughs> and there's yeah. the realm of people that are taking over. Oh, we beat them and we can never go back. But we found a loophole and now we're going back. They're playing lawyer ball in a fight game, okay? Mm. Yeah. Man, okay, it's, it's, it's a joke and a half. Second, <laughs> however, Tekken, however, is it's deeply mired in Japanese culture, and if you look at it from that point of view, before you start going off in the with the uh, with the dinosaurs and mystical ninjas and and and, and yeah, and the dinosaurs with, lost me for sure. Yeah, well, they've got kangaroos with with boxing gloves, and you got a bear fighting another bear because it's in love with the bear. But also, you got the robots, which were good, and then were bad, then were good again, then were bad again, and one was a uh, 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 hybrid gun model, and another one, it, it's 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 weird stuff. Also, kind of tragic the robot storyline, but. At the crux of it is the story of the Mishimas. You get Heihashi Mishima, and then you got his son Kazuya Mishima, and then his son Jin Mishima, and oh, Jin Kazuya, Kazuma. Damn it, um, Jin Kazama. That's it. It's been, it's been, it's been, it has been a little while for me, but uh, I bring that up because this is the uh, this is the um, this is the center of the comic story, which is also the center of the game story. At each installment of, of Tekken, it's been some um, iteration of the Mishima Corporation uh, going you know completely left field, and all the characters are tied in in some way or another. This book expands on that and creates its own uh, side story around it, where now uh, Jin's gone missing. And other Tekken fighters are broken up into factions. Some are good, some are evil, quote unquote. It's like the Highlanders. Um, yes and no. I mean, I, honestly, as much as I love Highlander, all the iterations of Highlander, including the ones that I blatantly know do not deserve that like love and accolade, <laughs> it still is not does not have as rich a um as rich a uh, character background as the Tekken series does, and that's mostly because I think fighting games have a quicker uh, turnaround. Uh, to work with, then you. I mean, how, how many years is it between? Was it between Highlander movies versus between Tekken games? I don't know. Yeah, don't it, know. It, it's it. Well, there's a lot more to work with, is what I'm getting at. I get you. So the Tekken characters. I mean, dude, I love this freaking series. First of all, it's the first one that introduced um, independent buttons for arms instead of um doing this whole thing with you know random stuff and this move and stuff. It's like no, no, no. I do this. Kind of separated the, the just mashing of buttons to you know hopefully get the desired effect. Exactly. Sure. And dude, I, I hit this button. It controls the right arm. I hit this button, control the left arm, and they made it functional. And it was awesome because the moves are weird, but everything's bait like everything is counterable. You know, right. it's not like these impossible, ridiculous things. You can sidestep and you're good. And very heady that way, you know what I mean? It kind of made you you think about gaming differently too. Well, yeah, no, it was it was, it was oh, okay. I won't say it was revolutionary. There are other games that did it at the time, but Tekken was just a better designed game, which is why it persevered where other ones failed. Mm. No one's talked about Tobol number one forever. Toeball number one, the audacity. It's like, no, we're releasing this game, and we're just telling you it was the first one, y'all. There's gonna be more. Yeah, forget you. I believe it was Toeball <laughs> two. The series didn't last that long. Mm. Battle Arena Toshinden was actually the first fighting game for the PlayStation, and the first one that I got, and it was sad. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Tekken's <laughs> the one that's outlasted almost all of them. Soul Calibur's still kicking around, mm -hmm. but it started off as like three different series. There was Soul Blade, Soul Edge. You know, so Calibur was not the first run of it. They learned from their mistakes. Tekken's the one that's gone, gone um, uh, to the to the to the to the degree. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm harping on random points. Let me get to the actual review because the comic requires you to have that foreknowledge. If I hadn't ha played the games and known the characters and had a love for it to begin with, I'd be completely lost in this because it does the typical old school comic book thing that we've grown out of, where it just throws a lot of characters at you and hey, so and so, you do this, and then hey, blank blank, you do that, and hey blank blank you do this and you do this and then within four panels you're just into this random intricate story which i do like uh, her we're getting some kind of click on the thing here 
which I like because that throws you into a story, but only when you have established characters. I'm tired of seeing movies give me Batman's origin again or Spider-Man's origin again because people know these things. Throw me into a story. But with something like Tekken, if I hadn't played the games, I wouldn't know or care about these characters and I wouldn't know what they're capable of. So it's just like when they hit me with this, hit me with this, hit me with this, and then just go, that would be a problem. Um, so this one could have stood and I'm not saying have like, well, this character came from so-and-so and blank and blank and build them up because that's ridiculous. Johnny, am I right? Yeah. Thank you. But, um, at the very least prepare your story for people who may not be particularly familiar because a lot of comic books are sold on. That looks like an interesting cover. Let me pick this up and see what it's about. Mm. You know, um, if you're going to have things Definitely. on the I shelf, judge books by their covers. You know what? You can actually do that with comic books. Yes. And you used to be able to do that a lot more when the front panel, the front page would tell you like everything the book's about. Mm. With like, those old school. Super- yeah. If you see those old school Superman comics like that front, that front um, page was meant to sell the book. So they would have like every bit of the story with like bubbles and things. Yeah, you know what I hate? Up, One of my image. biggest pet peeves is is at like a bookstore when they have like a, a great novel and they make it the cover of like the movie they adapted it from. It's oh, like now a major yeah, motion yeah, picture yeah. starring James Franco and has James Franco on the cover of like a classic book. You're like, what yeah. am I looking at? Well, the biggest tragedy How I, awful I feel is was, that? When, was when that 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 um that masterpiece of a work. Uh, I hope they serve beer in hell. Yeah. At the, <laughs> at the yeah, movie just, <laughs> just masterpiece. Yeah. You know what? It wasn't a bad book at the time. At the right. time, I was at the right age. Yeah. No, you have. Yeah, I have to be at that the right age. Man, not ever any life experience. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was funny the first time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not really something you go back to, but that first one, I, 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 I recommend it to cats. But yeah, no, you're right. You are absolutely right. And this is the type of story that would have definitely be sold on a kick-ass cover. And it had kick-ass covers, but like the story you have, a, you will have a hard time getting into it if you ha- are not familiar with the characters. Now, if you are, Johnny, I'm talking to you, my friend. Yep. If you are familiar with the characters, it starts bear. off. It starts. <laughs> the bear. The big giant bear with the with the the shorts. You talking about Kuma? Yep. Kuma's the big bear. Doesn't necessarily wear shorts all the time. Also, uh, the angel. One of the, one of the skin. Not the angel one, but the devil one. That was also my uh, yeah, my angel, go-to. Angel and devil. The um yeah. the um the uh, alternate the alternate palette swaps. Appropriately of, named angel and devil. Because they're an actual angel and an actual devil. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you could have given him like you know Ezekiel or something like that, or, uh, or mean, Pazuzu. No, because the devil is a uh, is the entity that's that's is the excuse me the entity gene that's um, cursed the Mishima family line. So that's why Heihachi has it, but he's managed to suppress it to just have like evil power in himself. Uh, Kazuya, his son, gave himself over to it completely. This is in the comics. Uh, this is in the story in the book in the game. And in the comic, oh. and okay, and that, 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 that that's one of the main pl- that's one one of the uh, primary plot points. Um, Kazuka Kazuya in the in the uh, in the comic is doing random things that you wouldn't understand if you didn't have that bit of uh, foreknowledge from the games. Like, why is he talking to Anna Williams, who works for him on the evil side, while Nina Williams works on the good side? So the relationship between them, you'll barely understand if you hadn't if you weren't, hadn't watched all those uh, FMVs in the game too. So, so you're saying you need to have uh, knowledge prior to jumping in into this comic. If if you were to you jump in to, without any knowledge, would you, you be lost? You would be lost. Well, that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those ones where you you'll read a good story, but you'll have a fully understanding of what you just read. I've seen really confusing movies that I'm like, this was good as hell. I didn't understand a damn thing. I may have to like watch it five or six times to get it. You know, this is one of those you watch, you read it over and over again, and then you can kind of fill in the blanks yourself like, oh, I guess these characters have a background and I guess these two met before. And I guess this is the reuniting of so and so, you know, if I hadn't played um, uh, through uh, Tekken three a few times, I wouldn't know that uh, Jin Kazama and uh, Ling Zhao Yu were classmates. That was the link between them. They went to the same school. That's how they knew each other outside of the tournament and why they had a link. And this uh, story starts off, uh, hopefully this isn't a spoiler. The story starts off with that link being a necessary plot point. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is very much fan service. Oh, absolutely. And as a fan, I really did dig it. Now, that's the iffy stuff about it. I don't have anything really bad to say because I do notice that it's written capably. The story flows well. You know, it's not one that harps on uh, any point for too long. So there's good pacing and the characters are used. Um, 
uh, with mostly used with respect. And I say like the like it ties into their skill set. It shows them uh, according to the storylines in situations that they would fittingly be in. You know, it's not hey we have a uh, uh, P Jack the robot at um freaking you know Sea World because it's freaking Sea World. You know none of that BS. You know um I will say that uh, I still have a pet peeve of the way this series has treated Paul Phoenix. Because Paul Phoenix, for a long time, was the primary American character. They have more. He was the one with the hair, right? Yeah, like really tall hair. White dude with a blonde flat top. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. His, his. uh, Like they went out of their way to try to make Guile's pale in comparison, Mm. because his goes like straight up. And remember Kid and Play? Yeah. yeah. Imagine if Kid was like a blonde white dude and just had a lot of Elmer's glue to get straight up. That's Paul Phoenix. But his thing is, Paul Phoenix, uh, for the longest time, with the exception of uh, of, um, of 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 law. Of, of Marshall Lee. He, he, was, uh, Marshall he was probably law the best character law. Yeah, with the exception of him, Paul Phoenix is supposedly the best fighter. And then, but then they've written him to like get to some point, get to like a really high point in each of the games, and then lose uh, because of because of his own ego. And that's been like the running gag of Tekken. He's like he's the Dan Hebecky of the Tekken series. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, what sucks is, uh, and what really sucks for, uh, from my point of view is that they, he was the ultimate winner of Tekken 3 um, when he beat Ogre. And then he, like, you know, got cocky. I'm the man. Take my prize and go. And left before Ogre came back and transformed into True Ogre. So then it was it was uh, Jin that defeated True Ogre. So te- Paul technically won the competition, but no one acknowledged it because he left early. Before Ogre transformed into True Ogre, and everyone saw, oh, Jin beat this ultimate, blah, 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 blah. And that's why from four on, he's like, they make him look like a homeless dude. Because no one believed him. He lost his reputation. He lost all his money and things. And then he's just been like the whipping boy of the series. They continue that in the comic. That's why I brought it up. Because in the comic, it starts off where everyone's making jokes like, I thought you were broke. I thought you were homeless. Oh, you're here now? I guess we're, you know, you're doing charity work. You know? I don't know why I show up anymore. It's awful. Yeah, seriously. And it's just like, this is supposed to be one of the best fighters in the world. And he's just like a running gag. The story is written with comedy. It's written with good action. It's written with comedy. Herb, can you turn the... Uh, um, so they focus on that, and that's one of the things I do like about the story, but also irks me about the existing story. It's a thing that's always bothered me. It's not just this book's fault. But at the very least, um, the writing is more up to date. A lot of the humor and storyline was written from, it was, it was a lot of dad jokes. That was the comedy in the game series for a long time. You know, um, dad hey, jokes. It was it was dad style humor. You know, hey, they're they're playing around the dojo, but I can't do a flip. <laughs> Isn't that silly? You know, dumb stuff. And now it's and now it's more legitimate. It's like actual funny stuff, you know, not yep. cornball slapstick. How's the uh, the art style for this? Did they go with? Uh, is it anime? Is it uh, CG? Sort of. It's 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 standard Western comic style, which is which is good. You know, this 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 um could be a lesser stylized mm, Punisher book. Okay. You know? So, so it's not anime. It's not like manga style with like the small characters and like you know really big hands for yeah. no reason. Did they borrow anything from uh, the game series? Like the game series, or at least the latest iterations of it, are very sort of they have like neon colors, sort of. No, um, they kept it within comic within uh, normal comic bounds. Like this could actually be um, like hand drawn. Uh, the way they have it and the only thing they took from the uh, modern game series is character design they have which is good they have accurate character de- accurate character design so when you see yoshimitsu it's not the old school traditional um gray suit with the cap and the and the, you know the devil face it's the more recent um tentacle addled yoshimitsu's yes. yeah he, his design changes drastically between games the most recent is more along the lines of like one of the spider symbiotes from Mar- from Mar- from the marvel universe Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, Carnage. It's, it's, some, it's some wacky stuff. Well, not quite like not so jagged. Uh, I'll, I'll show you a picture. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Figure like a big octopus creature. Yeah. All right. Cthulhu Mitsu. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Close enough. Something like that. <laughs> Anyways, what it gets down to is it's Tekken the comic. I highly recommend this if you are a Tekken fan. If you're a fan of the games, you played them all, you loved them, uh, you know the backstories. Do definitely check this out. This is made for you. Um, good use of the character relationships as well. I love that uh, it starts off with Nina and Anna uh, throwing barbs at each other, you know, and it shows how they're assassins. They're doing assassin stuff outside of the tournament. It's not focused on, it's not forcing um, them back into this competition like always. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a freaking Dragon Ball comic. 
you know, somehow we always got to get back to the uh, back to the competition. It's like, no, that's not the case. So it's Tekken. If you're a, if you're a, a, an existing fan of the series, I highly recommend this. If you are not, I mean, maybe check it out. It is a capable, a capably written book. The comedy is good. You know, the storyline and progression is good, and it's interesting. You know, I just feel you'd be at a detriment if you didn't have that foreknowledge of the characters because this is definitely fan service. Like it's blatant. You know, hmm. and honestly, I wish they had given. Now, this is just a personal pet peeve. I, I definitely give this a, a thumbs up if you're a fan, kind of a middling. You know, maybe, which maybe you should check it out anyways because it's a decent book. If you're not, but um, I don't like how they treated one of my favorite characters, Paul. Dude, I mean, come on, man. He needs to win. He needs bad. <laughs> All right, wait. Catching those L's. Well, seriously. All right. Well, well, on the subject, uh, Herb, you played Tekken. Yeah. Who's your character, man? Uh, Kazuya. Kazuya. Yeah. Really? You played an evil dude? Oh yeah, totally. As himself or as devil? No, as himself. Okay. He he's devil. You were talking about. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, okay. Who's your guy then? I got I got I got to know now since you uh you, you see you obviously have favorites. Uh, it was probably devil. Devil. Yeah. Okay. Y'all two it's like two sides of the same coin here. Yeah. All right. Not angel. You didn't uh, like the flying counteract. It, it's either the devil or uh, law, just because he was so cheesy with his little. Backwards and laws for jive suckers. You can't throw that out there. That, yeah, that's well, people, people. This that's is how you win, man. Show. That's how you win. That's not how you win. That's no. how you win. You, you just keep flip kicking people into the air. You mm. double combo it. You punch them while they're coming down. And then you're ashamed Sucker. of yourself. Uh, All right. I, you know, I, I, I went with four key characters. One lesser, one less so. It's just if I'm playing with friends and I'm having fun, I'll go Tiger Jackson. Just oh, tiger! Come on, the butterfly collar, yeah, like little, the platform shoes, the afro. Uh. But um, but no, no. And here's the thing: I I noticed myself. So you can tell me if you uh, if you can point this out or not. My characters were, um, Paul Phoenix, uh, Jin Kazama, and Brian Fury. Not ah, uh, Brian Fury is awesome. Character Brian, Brian with, Fury is dope. Yeah, but these were all when you uh, look at their look at their palettes. I noticed all my characters were bikers. <laughs> yeah, and and you know when he's not in his when he's not in his gi, Paul Phoenix is all is all the leather, leather riding gear. Nice. Jin Kazama, same thing. They just ride different bikes. Paul would be a Harley. Um, uh, uh, Jin would be a Yamaha. So you're like a you know, bike kind of for that game. You know, it's 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 pure coincidence. They just yeah. happen to be ill characters. Mm-hmm. That's all. All right. They don't know shame me. Yeah, I'm not. My I'm bike not. love. I just you into what you into, bro. I just enjoy some vibrating between my legs. What's wrong with that? Is there <laughs> was there any bikes in the comic? There was no bikes in the. Oh well, I mean, I guess technically there were. They were. It wasn't like any big plot point. It just like um, in the background kind of thing. Yeah, more okay. often than not, Paul was actually driving a van than riding a bike. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah, a white van. He was picking up kids. Well, it was kind of. Was, <laughs> wow. No, he was living in a van down by the river, respect. right? He was. He was uh, out on his luck, right? Wow. Homeless. I'm. I'm, I'm driving sorry, a van. I'm, that I'm makes sorry sense. I brought it up. That's character development. I'm sorry. Hey, Wind River. Adam, what do you got? Who's <laughs> <laughs> the next review? Adam's gonna give us the breakdown of Wind just, River. That's a. That's the transition. <laughs> oh, stop talking about my guy. I, 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 I am drowning here, man. Oh, no, man, I get it. It's okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we, I did see Wind River, though. This movie's yeah. been out for a little bit. It's still playing all over the city, and it's definitely something you should check out. Um, well, starring dude, Jeremy Renner. Hawkeye. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, Yes. She is. Yeah. Yeah. But this is written and directed by uh, Taylor Sheridan. Uh, you might have heard his name, but he wrote uh, Sicario and Hell or High Water, which is uh, two of my favorite movies from the last few years. Um, he does really, really well with these, like, uh, kind of these gritty, like, older western type things cops and robbers good Western's guys and bad guys. yeah okay. what's up yeah so this is it stars uh, Jeremy Renner and he works for the fish and wildlife department outside of uh, Wind River Indian Reservation and I believe it's it's Wyoming or was, yeah something like that and so it's this is basically this reservation that's about the size of Rhode Island and it's in this like the one of the worst landscapes in terms of like weather where it's just like 30 below zero um, snowing all the time just terrible conditions and these people that live there kind of like living kind of this hermetic lifestyle because they can't really do anything go out and you know what I mean so this is the the nature of the reservation and so Jeremy Renner's job in the Fish and Wildlife Department is to hunt predators. And the, one of the first times you see him, he's shooting this wolf who's about to kill a bunch of um, 
uh, livestock. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? If they eat all of that, then, you know, the people go hungry. So his job is that he's tasked to doing is killing these predators. And it's not, it's not the gray, too. He's using guns, not going up there and, like, yes, boxing them. Yes, exactly. Oh, and he's, like, you know, in that in the white suit that you saw, and he's yeah. got the gun. You know what I mean? He knows the land, basically, you know, like the back of his hand anyway. Yeah, so like, while he shoots... He's kind of ninja. Yes. So while he shoots this thing and he goes out there, he, he discovers... Uh, human footprints and then he discovers this body out there and it's his body of this girl who was raped and murdered and and he sees he takes a look at the girl and he realizes he he knows her he knows the family and then you discover that he lived on this reservation not just worked there and he was married to some woman and Wait, he, the girl the girl he saw he knows and he you realize that he yeah, was he, married to a woman not the woman oh, that not, was not, killed not, okay, no, right. no 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 but he, it was a but friend of his daughter right that he lost. He lost a daughter, and now he's separated from his wife. Anyway, so while the they call the police, um, they it's a murder, so they send an FBI agent on. And because this is on a reservation, no one really cares about what happens on this reservation. They send one rookie FBI agent, Elizabeth Olsen, from Vegas to come solve this thing by herself in some land that she doesn't know. I gotta send Junior out to do work. Exactly. Because, yeah. And a lot of the, what's in this movie is kind of like the politics of the reservation and how they are still treated and kind of how a lot of like what the major issue is happening to this community is still kind of swept under the rug and not taken seriously mm-hmm. so like a major murder someone was raped and killed they send one officer to yes. come and check it out you know what i mean so she's there and she realizes she's outmanned and she enlists the help of jeremy renner because he knows the land and then hey, so because of like his a- history with with his because like i said he lost a daughter as well mm-hmm. he's kind of taking on one to you know help the family out of the girl that he knows and kind of you know hunt down the demons of what had happened to him and his daughter mm-hmm. and and that's played out very well and he Jeremy Renner is so good in this movie that he doesn't overplay anything nothing's played up there's no like overacting it's just very subtle there's a lot of like deep emotion there's a lot of like uh, just he underplays a lot of it and that kind of gets gets his point across a lot better than you know, Renner's not, a, not really a dude I'd associate with like low key performance but that's that's how he should be because I think he's more out of place in like a Marvel movie you know what I mean I think he does well in those but I think really his bread and butter is kind of character driven stuff like this mm-hmm. and he just does so well with this type of role and you know it's very understated he, he, he's just it. he looks so comfortable that, uh, I... in, in this type of role so what he's doing is he's helping out this officer helping out this family but also kind of helping himself and kind of helping himself through past tragedy and so that's a lot that's a deep uh uh, emotional role and i think he navigates it perfectly and what i like about this movie as well is all all the native american um characters are played by native american actors uh graham green um tantu cardinals uh one of my favorites she actually grew up in my hometown of uh, lindenville vermont she was lived down the street she's from dance of the wolves she's a great uh, Native American actors. And after with the premiere there? <laughs> no, I didn't see uh, But yeah, um, another actor, uh, Gil Birmingham, who's uh, the American actor in this movie, is so good as well. And some of the uh, the the pitfalls of this movie is sometimes the characters tend to kind of go into these long monologues. A lot of the, the he writes really good dialogue, kind of good back and forth. But sometimes the characters have a tendency to over-explain things when they don't really need to. Like we already understand, we already we already know what's going on. They don't need to kind of beat it to death with kind of these long monologues and trying to trying to make sure we get it it's like you, you know get away from that sometimes it's like I mean, tapping you on a shoulder instead of hitting you with that like a hammer you know what i mean it's just it's it you can you you can do it better like the dialogue's fine you don't need to kind of you know beat it to death a little bit but yeah i really enjoyed this movie and this is uh it gets a little brutal as well i will warn you of that there is awesome. some really intense scenes of violence and and it kind of becomes like a revenge movie towards the end and you see like you know who's who's responsible for this girl's murder who's responsible for the the rape of this person so the as it's like a procedural this kind of you know cops chasing this down and he's treating this killer like a predator that he's hunting and you see how badass he actually is and then when it comes to the climax it's basically a 30 to 40 minute end scene of some really really intense graphic uh material and violence and It's it's all one fight it's all one confrontation 
yeah, that's kind of spread out with a bunch of different people. And of course, like I can't give you uh, much more information than that, but it definitely comes to a very, very, very violent climax that I was just like, wow, it's really intense, which I didn't expect. You know, I didn't really know a lot about it going in other than the basic plot points, but that this is a very, very intense movie. And um, I, got I think none it of this does. The advertising. Right. And, you know, that's a, that's a shame because I think more pe- people knew how heavy it was. They might, you know, go out and see it, but it is definitely. I approve of this movie in, in, in the highest order. It's 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 something you should go and check out. It's it's good for that kind. Of, it's like, kind of like a, a a very lonesome movie, and you see how this you know this group of Native Americans are kind of still chased to this point where it's not really where they belong. It was all their land, and now they're kind of they they're inhabiting this small place, and there's nothing for them to do. Mm. You know what I mean? And just the loneliness that happens to these families, and like the crime and the drugs that kind of work themselves in there because you know there's really nothing else going on. There's nothing for them. Could this be um, uh, a metaphor for the uh, stuff that's happening right now in uh, in real world politics? Yeah, it could be. You could read into that, you know, a bunch. You know what I mean? I think Taylor Sheridan it writes a lot of that in his screenplays. Like I said, if you've seen Sicario, if you've seen Hell or High Water, you know that's kind of his flair. And, you know, he kind of, those are the type of movies and type of screenplays he churns out. So, yeah, you can definitely read that into this as well. It's, you know, it is very intense. It's very, very, very uh, well acted. And it, yeah, I thought it was great. Like I said, so and it didn't. You know, there's no whitewashing. They have like the, the Native American actors that you don't see a lot of. They just do so well in that, and it's treated. The characters treated with, you know, respect, and it's it's it was great for sure. So cool. I'm with that. All righty. All right. So Wind River, starring Jeremy Renner, El- Elizabeth Olsen, Boy. Graham Greene, Tantu Cardinal, Gil Birmingham, a couple other folks. Nice. Yeah, check it out. Taylor Sheridan. All right. All right, now, Herb, I know, I know, we've kept you waiting long enough. We are going to talk about Stephen King's It, but first, I got to know, Herb, did you get to see the new movie? I have not yet. Okay, but you've seen uh, the old school miniseries. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, well. It had John Boy in, in the miniseries, right? From the Waltons? From, yeah, no, uh, did he? Yeah. He was the old, Wait, one of the older kids. Yeah, the grown-up of the, of the Losers uh, Club. Yeah, no, I'm, try- I'm trying to think, because um, Bill was that dude... Can you look that uh, up, Herb? Um, things, father. Um, uh, obviously, Ben was uh, John Ritter, Jack yeah. Tripper himself. Uh, Joe Morton? No, not Joe Morton. Um, damn it, I know his name too. Tim. Ah, something. He played uh, the what? father on um, Sister Sister. He was. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah. he was. He was the girl. The adult. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, I'm, I'm on roll now. Hold on. Anyways, a the grown up, the grown up, uh, Stan. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. Probably a porno. He had that mustache. Yeah, it was him. Wait, who? who, who, uh, who, who Look up who played John uh, John Boy from the Waltons, and then see if he was in um, the original It miniseries. Right. Harry Anderson was 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 uh, was, uh, was uh, damn it, Ricky Richie, mm. um, the uh, the comedian the, for the funny kid, um, and we all know Harry Anderson. John he was. John Ritt, John Ritt? No, 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 no. John, John Ritt was Jack Tripper, man. How dare you? Come on. All right. Well, we're talking about Stephen King's It, the new movie from, um, uh, damn it, uh, Bill, Bill Skarsgård uh, played uh, Pennywise. Yes, and he's and one of the Skarsgård brothers in the, of all the yeah, Skarsgård. Yeah, uh, Stellan Skarsgård and his 97 children. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. All of the actors. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch more, I guess. I just saw an interview with him on one of the late yeah, you know, Alexander Tonight Shows. Alexander He's got like three other brothers behind him that are all probably be actors eventually yep. as well. And Skarsgård, not Sarsgård. Sarsgård at the different family. Peter Sarsgård is not a member. Is not a child of Stellan Skarsgård. And that's a, that's a mistake I made for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why don't they have Stellan in this DC movie and his son in a, in, a, in, a, in a Marvel movie and his son in a DC movie? It's like, no, they're not related at all. It's just a weird thing. But off the point, um, it is a uh, reboot of, and I say reboot, everyone's calling it a remake, but they made enough changes, I thought, that this can be considered a reboot of the Stephen King It story. It's yes, and I, I haven't read the book, but I hear it's fantastic. You know, I'm not a is, huge uh, Stephen King fan. I have read some of his uh, novels, but it's about this three is times the length of the Bible. 
Right. All right. Any Stephen King book is going to be is going to look like, a, like the stand. A full I tried dictionary. to get through there at one time. I was like, Jesus. The stand cool. is a book series as thick as Johnny's laptop over we there. We keep okay? bringing it's this up. Thicker than it's the stand. Than I try not to. Uh-huh. I've got a horror story about the stand that I will not say on air, but it involves um, a very poor choice of background, a background audio. Um, <laughs> that, that's all I'll point out right mm-hmm. there, right for that. But this is a remake of the um, the book, which came from I believe the '70s, and they had a miniseries that condensed the story uh, down to a uh, down to two long movies uh, in 1990. That was the one we're talking about, starring uh, John Ritter, starring Tim uh, Curry. Not Tim Curry. Oh, well, starring Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Uh, the other dude that played one of the older adults. It was basically the story of it told from the kid's point of view and the adult point of view. Yeah, Richard this Thomas John Boy is one of the other characters. It, it was, right? All right. Which um, is following the is, books. How it, the story is portrayed in the books is how it was portrayed in that 1990s movie. Yes, but they condensed a lot. They condensed it down, and a lot of stuff was cut out. And for obvious reasons, I mean, in in the book, they run a train on uh, Beverly in the caves to uh, to reestablish their relationship uh, as friends. So she's just like, "Hey, we're all we're all fighting. We got to stick together if we're gonna beat this thing." Tell you what, let me bend over this rock, and you everyone have a go. Like, are you what? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of, I thought you were going on a really long bad joke. Okay, no, no that, I, am, <laughs> I was going to let you do it. Too. I am dead serious. That is no, the I, end of the yeah, book. okay. Yeah, John, okay. you read the book. You remember? No, I never read the book. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, I they, might now. They, one of the one of the ways <laughs> they took out uh, one of the, oh, spoilers. If you haven't read this, uh, this 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 <laughs> thirty plus year old book sex. is uh, one of the they start one of the ways they take out they eventually beat uh, Pennywise is they all have to uh, approach them together. That's how uh, Pennywise succeeds. He separates. You know, divide and conquer. He separates the group yeah, it's kind and of picks like them off it. one by one. They all have to stick together, maintain that friendship and that sense of like no fear, and that's how they can overtake him. And they all start fighting amongst each other, and this is him pulling them apart. Well, know, isn't that what it is? It's influence. like your fears. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They're they're, they're, they're separating them. Then what do you fear most? It kind of you know harps on that. Exactly. Well, which I mean, would mean just be a shark, a giant so, shark, a giant shark. <laughs> that's it. I'd die. Land. I'd roll over and die. A land shark is the way to take out John. Or a shark, a sharknado. So it come from anywhere. Yeah. Just fly through the windows in the building. The house, yeah. um, uh, but no, so they start fighting amongst each other and they start arguing and they're like, you know, basically uh, start tr- planning to storm off. And Beverly's like, no, I got to keep you all together. I love you all. And we got to, you know, stick together if we're going to beat this thing. Mm-hmm. And then she just starts, she, she just, she just starts like, the, yeah, she I starts having sex with all of them. Yes. Like there is one big group sex. Uh, scene. That's how they cement. And I, I'm, I, I get how that would cement the relationship with her. I'm like, unless you're all together having sex with yeah, each like other. Yeah, when she leaves the room, they're fight. all kind of looking at each other like, what the hell was that about? Is she all right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope she's all right. She's gonna get some, <laughs> so she looked upset. Yeah, going to get some aspirin, some ibuprofen. Mm. I'm glad uh, they left that out of the, uh, the movie. Yeah, they left, they left a lot out, including, um, like, there's some really deep, like, a, like HP Lovecraft, uh, you know, uh, imagery with, uh, with Pennywise that, that's supposed to um, really establish... Uh, what makes him intimidating? He's not just like an evil movie monster. Yep. He's this figure that really gets into your head. Well, I and watched has a, a good, uh, really like a, that. a video essay on the first you know miniseries and on the theme of water and what water means. And I think it's a movie about water. And they were saying how it's it's a well, symbol for your subconscious. Well, in this uh, in, the, in the in this movie, the story itself notoriously uses that like fantastically. In this new version, I thought they really adapted it well. It starts off with Georgie. Uh, the little boy that we see in all the advertising, he's the one that says, you'll float too. And that doesn't make sense until you get into some of the meat of the story. And the relationship between Bill and Georgie is pretty powerful, which I do like because it's something that would be easily glossed over. It's a story, it's, it's a relationship between two brothers, but they're kids. So you'd think, oh, it's his brother and it's his brother. His annoying little brother did this. And now he's got to go off on a mission because of him. It's like, you know, Goonies or something mm. where you think yep. just some kids on a mission where no one's really going to get hurt and it's going to be a ridiculous fairy tale. For, to help you. Exactly. And right off the bat, this movie lets you know, God damn it, we are not playing around. And this movie has legitimate children in peril and actual bad things happen to kids. Okay, that's also something I should point out, too. If you have a problem with seeing children br- brutalized on screen, 
like this you really should like maybe I don't think it happens enough. enough because there's so many movies horror movies where their kids are killing everybody yeah you know what I mean there's that the creepy kid killer thing has been beaten to death I, it's good to see the kids kind of getting there seriously now. in uh, well Macaulay Culkin and the good son <laughs> that whole thing right. could have been averted with yeah. one good ass woman just one exactly just one like, tell yeah. them to cut a switch once yeah they've, they've they, they, these kids have caused enough damage since you know he's even like a pet cemetery another king property now it's uh, exactly. it's time the kids right, get there you know you bend them over your knee and you know get that belt whap 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 these were good yeah. innocent so he's gonna kids. jump off the roof then uh, yeah no these were good innocent kids you're right on the subject of it itself uh this movie pulled no punches in putting children in legitimate danger and not that i'm not that i'm for harming children but i like that the movie did that so many movies where kids are the star that automatically tells you okay so the danger may seem real but no one's really gonna get hurt like no children get hurt on yeah it's like children when uh, anakin kills the younglings die what you know and, and it's this, in this, a very important part threats. yeah and it's a very important part of the story is that not only is it uh, the children are the ones that are the ones in peril. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the ones in peril for a reason, and it ties into just children are the ones that still believe in things. They're they're not so. Uh, that was that was used very well yeah. in this in this uh, in this story because and I I have to call out the acting right now. I was damned impressed that this was all this was a cast of kids. Yeah, because I'll say absolutely. all but all but maybe one of them. And considering his, how how shoddy his why his shoddy his performance was shoddy, it may not be his fault. This was like way beyond the the uh, the age level of these kids and the performances you'd expect. Like the girl that plays Beverly, there are scenes where like she's supposed to be like scared. And dude, I would swear to God, like this wasn't like on film. I'm watching you know, like someone a little, uh, about to die in real life. Now, like, while, like, like put the camera down, help her. You see that, you know, it's like one of those where it's like, it's just so well performed. You would not expect this level of acting from children. Yeah. Yeah, know? right. And, I'm, and, I'm, the board. and I don't mean it's good for kids. I mean, it's good, period. Yeah. You know, uh, the kid that plays Bill, uh, most of the time, I, I bought him in this kind of like, you know what? I'm really trying to get out of my comfort zone because people need my help yeah. feeling from him, you know? And it's a hard character to, to, to really get that from because Bill is supposed to be more of like a repressed dude. You know, and it came out really well. Uh, for uh, let me give out some names here because it came out really well from these cats. Uh, this also, if anyone's familiar with the story, I should point out, focused on the children. Stephen King even said this focused is part on the one. children. Well, the story of it, uh, um, chapter one, stars, yeah. yeah, stars the children and the adults. And, it, you know, and their adult selves. Yeah. This uh, and had a uh, focus entirely on the kids in chapter one. I really liked it for that because I don't like when they when movies try to cut. Well, you know, this, so this is when movie's I was, broken up into chapters. Is um, yeah. So, so the, far, it, as far as we know, but okay, here's a good thing about that. It 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 is because the story of it is in chapters. And it does take place more in more than just the kids' uh, interactions. But the way this is filmed, the way this is presented, it's not as if um, this could stand on its own. It's not as if this is yep. reliant on, well, there's going to be a sequel, so you don't feel it's, like... Yeah, there is. We already talked about it. Like, we have details already. This was yeah. a complete story in it itself. It was a very steady, very linear approach to a story that is originally uh, bouncing back and forth between past and present. Yeah. And this one doesn't do that. It just focuses, as you said strictly on the kids and it key and by doing so it has a very linear very easy to follow storyline not that this is a simple uh non-complex story this is a complex story there's a lot of symbolism there's a lot of uh nuances that are happening especially with the townspeople right uh the townspeople did not come up that much in this uh it came up enough to make you sort of at the okay, very least, no, yeah. for, for people that are somewhat familiar, mm-hmm. I was recognizing all of the things, all, and it was subtle, mm-hmm. but I was recognizing each and every one of them. I'm like, yes, this is good. Okay, no, well said. And recognize and, uh, him as what? I couldn't, say, I couldn't have said it any better myself because, I'm sorry, what? Well, I, I don't get what you're saying, so you recognize the townspeople as what? Oh, the townspeople, um, they were used as almost plot devices. There are certain townspeople that really um, move the story forward and offer a perfect reflection as to why Pennywise has been able to uh, thrive in there. Yeah, okay. Exactly, for as long as he has. And we kind of get an, a sense of how old Pennywise is, how long Pennywise has been terrorizing this town. It all takes place in Derry, Maine. 
uh, which I'm not sure is a real place. It may, it may be. If, if I'm talking out about you know, let me know. Write us a letter at geek-down.com. But... Um, People in Derry, Maine. Of course we exist. Well, I know Derry, New Hampshire, you know. Mm-hmm. Derry, Maine is out of my jurisdiction. So I apologize. But that's the uh, setting for this movie. And the town people, they're, they're just used to it. The adults, they don't want to think about it. No one wants to think about something so horrible. So they've kind of erased it from their memories. Kind of like you know, in things the, uh... happen, they justify it with these really shoddy excuses. Or the children told me about this horrible thing. Well, that's just kids telling you know telling weird random stories out of school. Like in the sunken place almost, everyone, it sounds like. They describe them. Almost. Like Pennywise has this town so damn shook, so shell-shocked, that the adults that have some authority and maybe power to do something to help stop him have com- uh, completely negate his existence. For, for multiple reasons. For multiple reasons. Um, including when they investigate things that are happening right in the moment. The children see the horror going on. The adults are completely oblivious to it. And that's something that uh, is done so like amazingly well in this when uh it's not really a spoiler because it's a scene that's well known but the way they portrayed in this i won't give any too much detail in this i'll just say when the father um beverly's father approaches her scene with the blood and she is just she has lost her damn mind she is hysterical and he's just looking at her like I don't see a problem. What's what's what, what's what's wrong here? And you, as the audience, just like, yo, this dude is. Oh, it was one of those moments where it's like, that's your reaction. There were so many of those oh moments that I I was not ready for, and I walked out of there like this is ten times the movie that I expected it to be. Yeah. I, I walked in thinking it'd be another like you know quick, quick cash grab. I they think uh, yeah, a lot of people did. I think that's what like I said with the the word of mouth because I think most people were like yeah what's this movie you know what I mean. And then it well, just yeah. was and it's wildly popular. Hate. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of hate from critics and the. Hate no, I don't, I've, well, they're, they're, I don't they're, think that's true. I don't think that's true. Definitely there's, some, but it's definitely got a lot of love. Most of the critics I read that are like serious critics, yeah. they're they I think they've it's definitely. I, th- well, I think it's more positive than negative. I, I think it's uh, just, uh, you know, it's doing so well and it's being received so well because the underlying story that it's based off of is so well written and so well developed. I actually think that the director did a pretty poor job on some high level decision making really? for making, for doing some of the things that were done here. Uh, for example, like, I did yeah. not like the overuse of CG at all. There were moments that practical effects would have went way further than the heavy use of CG. Every You're single with, thing. With Pennywise, right? Uh, not just with Pennywise, with uh, some of the forms that Pennywise took, did not need to be CG, yet it was CG for, okay, for got, no good reason, and it I've kind of pulled me out. There. I've got to disagree because uh, the, okay, now, now we can now we now we can talk, we can yep. talk about the uh, the original miniseries because this ties directly into that. Uh, some of the stuff like they they did a lot of unique stuff in this new movie, which I loved, but some of the stuff in the original miniseries actually use practical effects and yeah i understand yeah, that was in the 90s exactly. i mean i understand there's a there's a there's a range of time but i thought that it served to make this more supernatural it served to make a uh, uh, pennywise look more like this threat that has these different supernatural okay. abilities that does things that are otherworldly if you try to do them all with practical effects one it would have boosted the budget and it would have uh, it, it would have showed not all here's 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 my example Later. so it can be, there can be moments of cg and there has to be moments of cg mm-hmm. but here's one in very, uh, very much in particular that did not need to be cg uh, and could have been practical which was uh, right outside of the house mm-hmm. with Eddie yeah. and his fear that he encountered where it was essentially a zombie. Ah, yes, the leper. And Yeah, the leper. Mm-hmm. And it did not need to be a full head-to-toe CG character. That could have now, been that, a person. That I disagree person. with you because that was one of the creepiest things I have ever seen. And it just comes out and it's beautifully shot because he gets right in the camera and you see detail that is gross. And I don't think you could have achieved that properly unless, I mean, I mean granted, it has been done. 
uh, uh, freaking HR Geiger's designs yeah. were, were, just, were were made specifically for this, and, and Cronenberg has made a name off doing well, designs that would have been perfect for that scene, but that's not what you have, and the way they did it with the CG, I thought was perfect, because it was supposed to be creepy and gross, and it was creepy and gross, and it was quick. They didn't like hold on anything for too long, and really let you see the uh, the nooks and crannies. I, I beg to differ. You. you could see Left you could see the seams, right? You could see no, like the the, the silhouette of CG. It I wasn't I wasn't looking. It was just there. All right. Very. Well, this apparent. is just a, uh, uh, an argument of taste, though. Yeah, I, I think I, I, so. I, I, I don't think, think so it's, because uh, there are different scenes. I thought where this where the CG took it above and beyond uh, what any iteration of it would have been expected to do. Like when I agree. he starts coming yeah. out of. Well, okay, no, no spoilers. So but when he, the, when, yeah. he, when he did everything he did in that garage, that was that was that nuts. was great. That uh, the basement that was also great. Oh yeah, yeah, loved and, it. And in the freaking house, like just with, the, I mean, I was out. Okay, it's rare that I'm watching a movie, and Adam, you you, you can appreciate this because you watch a lot of movies. It's rare that I'm uh, you're sitting in a movie and you catch yourself reacting like the characters are reacting. You know, and it's one sure, of, yeah. and it's one of it's one of those where when um when Richie was in that room, and I understand that was a specific uh, horror to him. We're getting a little inside, so I won't I won't harp on this too long. Deep, I'll just yeah. say when Richie was in that room, and we see what his how his fear manifests. I, that wasn't one of my fears, but I felt his uh, I felt his I don't know his tension to the point where I caught myself like watching the movie, and this is for the camp people are watching on camera. I caught myself watching like. Oh, I'm, I'm in theater. Calm down. I think what, what Roger Ebert calls yeah. a, a bruised forearm movie. <laughs> I, I, you know I, I, what I mean, you so, grip dude, someone's next to his forearm and you're like, yeah, I don't realize yeah, it. But it, 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 was, it, it was great it, like that. Is the, the scares in this, is it mostly like jump scares or is it just like kind of like this building sense that is, is it kind of just like pop yeah. out at you stuff? Is it there a lot a, of that? It has a good split because there were several jump scares. There were far more jump were, scares yeah. than I expected, especially knowing the story of it. It felt like they did. They did uh, force a few extra in, but it wasn't excessive. Yeah. I, it seems I, like, yeah. I thought if, if they did it, it'd be excessive. I feel like they got just enough that uh, it worked for effect, and then the rest well, it's was interesting. Different. What it, you're talking about was being scared and being and it having worked. fear. Well, yeah, he's yeah. more. He's uh, Pennywise he's a, in this story is more of a um, is more of a thriller villain. Than, right. Than the um, the traditional kind of cerebral, jump scare. Yeah, cerebral horror villain that he is in every other iteration of it. Right. Well, um, some of the scares themselves, it just it could have been handled better. I, I feel uh, the jump scares, I, you know, they're in there, but uh, they were used a little bit too much uh, uh, for what should be what could have been handled in a very different way that would be more fitting for uh, for it itself, right? It's it's Dude, feeding. I just, I just can't win with you with this camera. Well, it it feeds the just the nature of what it is and uh, how it feeds and, also, also and it even says it within it like yeah. like it's feeding off of fear in a very particular manner and the way it's trying to extract it in some of these scares just doesn't make sense but in other instances where pennywise is interacting mm-hmm. more in a sort of laid back and and just being this this foreboding thing that's very much present. Its presence is there, mm-hmm. but doesn't, you know, charge at the screen or pop out of something. That works way more than than the cheaper uh, sort of scares that they're trying to pull. And th- those are the parts that I didn't really, that I thought could have been absolutely handled better, um, especially for what what it is. Okay, I, and I, I can see that, and I do love that we keep having to say it and it, and we're talking about it, and this is about it, because the freaking movie's called It. So yeah. it sounds like we're just like, you know, well, you know, it did the thing, and then it did this, and then it did that, and so sounds like we just shot a speech. But it's just, that's what the freaking thing is called. We can't help it. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. I, I can't say I agree with you, but I mean, that's, that, 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 that's a good thing. We're getting like two different sides here, because I myself am freaking jazzed about this. I know we're running uh, really low on time, so I'll just say two more things about it real quick. I have to call out, dude, Henry, Henry Bowers in this, like, oh, the, yeah. the, the kid that played him uh, did it was freaking nuts. Yeah. And he 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 portrayed this this little this little sob like this psycho that that I, I, I was scared of. Grown ass man afraid of like this this psychotic what fifteen year old because this kid was crazy and he's just a psycho from beginning to end and he's got that look that friggin 
cyberpunk kid look with like the yep. skinny ass arms with the spike bracelet and the cut off t-shirt and I'm, I know I'm describing you Johnny I'm sorry yep. but, yep. that's me <laughs> with the mullet and everything he's got the mullet man the friggin <laughs> mulleted uh, the movie takes place in the 80s they did uh, change the time period from the original story yep. which is good it made it more um, more um, contemporary instead of like uh, what was it relatable. like the the slick the hair back thing they had in the 50s. Yeah, the, the, instead of the ducktail, he's yep. got he's got the mullet. It yep. made sense. Kid drive the Trans Am, everything. They had the it was that car. Oh, oh man, nice, that nice car. car. And um, dude, the ending of this one is the most satisfying ending to this type of movie I think I've ever seen. Because there's so many movies. Oh, well, we finally persevered and things, and oh, we got a lucky shot off, or oh, the time period expired, or something, or something dumb saves the people, and they'll happy happily ever after. No, we see the ramifications of this, but then when there's the final like face down and Pennywise is like, okay, I've had it, it's going down. Yo, it was gangster. Oh, I'm so ow. I've always thought in a movie, why doesn't this just happen? Okay, why why is all this like BS uh, tiptoeing around? Because this movie has been written by people who have never really been in any kind of dangerous situation or never really been in a fight in their lives or never had some real stuff go down. And the ending of this was, it seemed like it was going that route. And then it went, uh, again, I won't say anything else about it. Just the most satisfying ending I've ever seen of this type of movie. Dude, I give this a an, an enthusiastic thumbs up. I highly recommend Cats check out it. If you're a fan of the story, definitely a, a, a solid and respectful adaptation. If you're if you're brand new to it, this is just something you'll damned enjoy. Herb, I really think you'll like this one, man. I'm gonna check it out. All right, Johnny, what do you think? Oh, I definitely love the movie. I loved uh, the other movie, TV movie adaptation of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm definitely gonna recommend this. Uh, absolutely, there are issues with it that I pointed out, and one other uh, major issue uh, that I not major, but enough is if you are a fan of it and you are familiar with the story, just know that one of the characters gets r- really cheap shotted as far as complexity of writing. They sort of took very important aspects of one character and merged it into a character that or, that did not have was not lacking mm-hmm. on their own development and aspects well they so. did make um they did make uh, adjustments you know so i mean i can uh-huh. i can understand that i don't think that took away from the story well, it, i still recommend cats check it out right yeah. beverly i think they did a lot of good with that character uh ben they tweaked it was uh, it was mike, mike is way cut down yeah You're it right. was mike they took but, the important uh, parts of mike and mashed it in with ben when ben was already his own character there's reasons for that though and there's a lot of like hard racist stuff with mike that they couldn't touch on because they only had a limited amount of time but there might be they, there's more likely going to be another movie so we'll see i'm glad they actually didn't outright do the racist stuff but it was clearly racist gotcha so johnny wants to see more racism <laughs> All right, this no, it's, it's Stephen King's It. I highly we, we recommend checking it out. Oh, yeah, but definitely. It's been the geek down here on WEMF. I want to thank you all for joining us. I want to thank Black Adam Willis. Yep. I want to thank Just Johnny. Yep. I want to thank DJ Herbie Herb. All hell saying. Oh, jeez. And I want to thank you all for joining us. You can catch us Monday nights and do. You can hit us up at geek-down.com for all the good stuff in the about section. You can check us out on social media. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. Um, what am I missing? SoundCloud. All over the sucker. You can check us out. And if you heard anything on the show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. And until then, we'll catch you all next time. But until then, be excellent to each other. Peace. Peace.